he told me, he said, baby, not everybody's going to love me. Not everybody loves Chick-fil-A and Jesus. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> remind myself of that. That's what I told her. I said, when you, when, you, when you lay your soul or your life out on social media, it's somebody's going to say something negative, no matter how good or how, how this is what people do. And I said, you know, there's people on Facebook don't love Jesus or Chick-fil-A. So what makes you think they're going to love us for everything we do? You just have to know what's coming and stand firm that I don't intentionally try to do anything. Uh, I have an opinion. I try to keep it downplayed so much, but I don't hide the fact that we're very country, redneck, deer hunting, farming people. This is what we do. And we make mistakes. We're trying to help raise grandchildren. We're trying to do our best for our marriage and work, but we just want to show people that way. When you meet somebody, they can say, dude, you're exactly what's on Facebook. Yeah, I ain't going to fake it. I, I would rather be who I am and you dislike me as me to fake it and right. you like me. Hey, y'all. I'm super happy this week to be talking to two of my oldest and dearest friends in the fishing industry, Gerald and Leanne Swindle. I'm sure most of you know of Gerald Swindle. He's a top angler in the sport, known for his humor and passion. In addition to being a great angler, Gerald's also a deep thinker, a truly caring human, and a true blue American original. His wife, Leanne, is just as good as it gets. She's got a huge heart, a smart head on her shoulders, and the patience of a saint, if you ask me. Whew, G-Man's a handful. But they have a great marriage and a great business partnership. Leanne is Gerald's business manager and his marketing director and his accountant and his chauffeur and, and, and she just keeps all the plates in the air for him and she stays cool as the other side of the pillow while she does it. I thought it would be valuable to you to hear about how they make their business relationship work. As you grow and become more and more successful, you'll probably need a support system to help you keep all the plates in the air. This could be your wife or husband, your mom or dad, your best friend, or even somebody you hire to do the job. Now, before you get started, I need to tell you that we had some technical difficulties while we were recording this, so bear with me, y'all. I left all that in because, hey, it's real life. We all cuss our internet service sometimes, don't we? And at the end of the day, the things we talked about here are much more important than a few audio problems or a dropped call, and I really wanted you to hear this conversation. Ready, y'all? Here we go. Gerald and Leanne Swindle, I'm so glad to see y'all. Um, most people out there probably know you as G and know Leanne as Lulu, um, because I think sometimes I think Lulu might have more fans than you do, G. Uh, she does. She said this year at the Classic, she said, I've signed, never signed this many autographs. She said, I'm actually tired. I'm signing. I was like, there you go. Her I fan base. I love it. It's funny because, like, I finished this last week without her, and everybody's like, hey, where's Lulu? Where's Lulu? And I'm like, she's yeah. at the house. Well, I start sending her out here, and I'll stay home. I never stay home, but I did this time, and I got so much done, though. I got so much, so many projects completed, so much work, you know, caught up on. So it was good. It was good for me to stay home and skip this one. He had a roommate at this one and, and a cameraman. So oh. they were bachelors this week. Yeah, well, you were probably happy to be at home during that, during all those shenanigans. <laughs> Hey, do you guys remember how we all met, how I met each one of y'all? I do. I, I told Leanne, I, I was thinking I met you early, early on in FL, in early FLW days. Yep. Early. I yep. Mean, we first, probably our first 
and I'm not sure of all the details, probably our first really acquaintance was when I won Beaver Lake. That's it, man. I remember we had this soundbite of you talking about you were so excited about catching this fish. And I can't remember. I think it had the hook in the top and the bottom lip. And I just remember you reeled off this big, blah, 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 wired shut. And that's all I could understand was the wired shut part. <laughs> so I think I uh, first acquaintance with you guys, I met you and Jerry and the whole crew. It's kind of like I was getting to know everybody. And then Leanne. Mine was at the Classic in 2003. That was my first Classic. Now, see, I remember, and I don't remember the year, but I remember being at Smith Lake, and it was raining. That was 2004. So we met at the, um, what do they call it, like the uh, sponsor gift, the gifting suite. Yeah. And, and then in 2004, because I remember I walked up to you, and you were talking to someone, and I just kind of lingered there until you got finished, and I was like, I wanted to to reintroduce myself to you. So I remember we'll, we'll that because... Because I remember that because it was raining and mud. It was a mud hole. And you were, you, I think you had been at work because you were all dressed up and had on heels. And I, I remember looking over and thinking, oh, my gosh, she's going to ruin those pretty shoes. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. About that, you could tell the veteran wives from the wives that are just starting. Veteran wives come to the way as now. If it's raining, mud they boots. have on muck boots, yoga pants. Ball cap, ponytail, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, they've been here." logo, rain jacket. Yeah, they're veterans. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's like let's just get the job done, get out of the mud, and go home. <laughs> they're not trying to look cute. Uh, looking cute. No. So y'all have been married for fifteen years. Sixteen this past May. Sixteen. Wow. So, Leanne, how how much have you learned about the fishing industry in these sixteen years? I'm still learning. I, I really am. Um, Coming from my background in banking to, you know, and, and Gerald and I were married, what, a few months, and we decided that I would take a sabbatical from work so I could stay home, help our daughter go to school, be there when he was home. Um, we decided it would be best for me not to go back to the bank. I mean, I immediately started learning because it was such a change uh, from what I was used to. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, today, I, I think I'm still learning. I really do. It's because business is ever changing. And when we first got married, I told her, I said, we just didn't think as a as a married couple raising a daughter, it was good for both of us to be at work and gone so much. Because you have a teenager at home, a young teen, and we're like, it's not, we didn't want to create an unhealthy environment with both of us chasing careers. And I asked her, I said, if you will sacrifice your job and your career and help me run mine, I will double down, work twice as hard. I'll do everything I can to provide. But at least we'll have a, a, a like a center nucleus at the house when we're here together. So for the first couple of years, she, she ran all the business from home before she ever traveled with me. And it was, I can remember we would get together and start working in the office and she would just be shaking her head. She goes, some of this is overwhelming. I'm like, you worked in a bank with numbers because it's different. It's this totally is, different. These are people, relationships, sponsors, everybody handles business different. Some have contracts, some have handshakes, trying to keep up with everything. But, I would say, you know, just over the 16 years, she's probably been more of an asset for my sponsors than I have. Because yeah. first, and the first thing they say when we talk is like, you know, if, when I meet people for the first time, like I might have worked with them on the phone for a year, they're like, Lulu's on, she's on point. Like if you, she books plane tickets, she gets it all done. And, and I think sponsors really appreciate that. that somebody's very uh, attentive to detail and all that. And I suck at that stuff. I suck. Yeah, I don't with that. She, she's a detail person. And I, I enjoy that. That's that's the thing we would talk about our career. 
the things that I enjoy doing, I'm, I feel like I'm fairly good at. The things that he enjoys doing, same thing. He doesn't enjoy doing my part, and I obviously physically can't do his. So it <laughs> right. really good. It works out really good. For it's us. A, it, and I, and of course, Angie, you've seen this as well as anybody because you've seen my career from from start. You probably one of the few people that was there the very first time my life changed on that stage, winning that much money. You've seen my career grow and sponsors get on board and how things can take off. If you're a young angler and you can't reel that in and manage it, you lose a lot of money. Oh, and yeah. she came in my life and was able to step up to do that. My mom helped me up to then, you know, but she was getting older and Leanne stepped up and she ran it and I was like, it really allows you to just fish, to try to just fish. Because as your career grows and you get more sponsors, fishing is almost the back burner. You know, people think, They'll look at Van Dam's resume sometime and they'll say, you know, Van Dam has a great resume or Ike does or Joe, you, you know, you made a lot of checks. You want to tell you why I, you know, you have angry years, but you want to say, what if that guy didn't have everything else on him? What could have Kevin done then? Because right. he don't fish as he used to fishes. So, right. and even with the office, it still can be overwhelming. So sometimes I just, you know, on tour, I just say, honey, it's all years. And we, we, we went from managing it to some days we feel like we get, it gets too spread out. We're just not doing good. And in 2016, we, we moved from our house in Hayden to Gunnersville from almost 5,500 square foot to 780 square foot in the first house. And I said, honey, I want you to make me a promise. I said, if you will just keep everything off me for one year, I just want to fish. And she said, you, you just want to fish. I said, remove every burden you can for just one year and let me see what I can do. And I, I ended up winning AOY, and it was a tough year on her. Maybe burden's not the right word. Distraction Distraction. Really is a better word for that. Where all yeah. you do is wake up thinking about right. fishing. She right. said, I'll block everything I can until the season's over. Yeah. I remember that, too. I remember being, I was amazed because your house in Hayden was gorgeous. You know, I'd come there and seen y'all there, and I, was, I thought it was an incredible house. But I also realized that, I mean, a, a big house with a pool and a landscaped yard is, is a lot of work a lot of work and when we would come home we would just work again and, yeah. we, and we were never there we were paying people basically to take care of it for us yeah so my mom, my mom even thought we were crazy she said baby y'all crazy y'all built the dream home you got everything you want it's all paid for while you move and i said because we don't need it mom we, we don't need it i said we, we just want to live a simpler life and we moved up here it's a it's almost like the purge is refreshing you realize how much you don't need it. i mean we right. put everything we literally moved in 780 square foot and was just happy. I didn't even have a place to, I had a carport to put my boat <laughs> under. I had no tackle room. My boat stayed just. You had a tackle closet. It was four foot <laughs> by six foot. <laughs> Across the street, and it goes, bro, your rods have been on your front deck all year. Your tackle room has a water heater in it, and you just smoked AOI. And I'm like, it shows you when you just focus on fishing and clean your life up, the distractions can be, they're very, they could be a nice, you know. And I said, and, and unfortunately, that's the way the business works. It's much more than just fishing. You have to do these other things. And it seems like even 16 years later, we're busier now than we were five years ago. Yeah. You know, you would think that every year, because it's just us, mm -hmm. but you would think that you either get a better handle on it, but every year just gets busier and busier. I guess that's a good problem to have. Right. But like that time management, it's, it's like, wow. So circling back me staying home this past week i can't tell you how many times he bragged on me <laughs> because, because he said look at what all you got she got so many projects done that i would be like honestly uh i know we might be chasing rabbits here but i would be all fishing that like saint Clair, and i would be thinking 
hey, I got to get back to my farmhouse. We got some mold under it. I've got to get it sealed up. I got to put the polyethylene down. I got this to do. I need to paint the back porch. She got it all done. Wow. When I come home. Hey, I even filled up a deer fader. Project <laughs> <laughs> that was that was hard. She filled up the deer, <laughs> and she time with the grandkids in a way where it's just her and them. Where I'm not up there working at a hundred miles an hour from daylight to dark. Well, they do things that they enjoy. And I, I told her, I said, sometimes I think we may be at that part of my career where she stays home more, you mm-hmm. know, to keep her better. So when we come home, we're more husband and wife time. It's a, it's a fine line. When you ride in a truck together, you work together 24-7. Sometimes it's hard to come home and be husband and wife. Mm-hmm. But she knows I'm still pissed for missing a check. She's had to hear me gripe all the way home. It's, you know, you have to find that mix. And when people ask us, like, how do y'all do that? And I'm like, very carefully. Yeah. yeah. And I say, oh, butterflies and skittle juice. It's, it can get tough. I told them, I said, you know, when you work with your spouse day in and day out, especially through quarantine, when you're together all the time, which we, I think I'm going to say, I give us an A plus on that because we do get along very well. But um, I, I think when you get mad at your coworker, Guess what? You're mad at your spouse. You're not just mad at your office manager or <laughs> or I'm not him on the business side. If I'm if I'm mad at him, I'm mad at him as my husband too. And so, you know, that doesn't happen very often, but you know, obviously it does. But that's that is the toughest part, I think, of working together is you don't just go home and complain to your spouse about your coworker because right. that is your <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Putting the bird on the trailer, knowing that you just missed a ten thousand dollar check, and that as, disappointment. As a competitor, I'm just, and you know me, Angie. I'm just enraged that I could not compete, and I'm just like, oh, this pisses me off. Well, it's hard to turn that off and say this is still my wife. I, I don't need it. You know, it, that's the hardest thing is being able to detune that. And I don't know. We're learning a bunch about that. And like she said, it's just us. We do all the social media ourselves. We don't hire a bunch of people. We do all our video stuff from home here, and that's why there's misspelt words and chopped up edits. You know what? I come to find out <laughs> my, real. my fans love it. So I'm like, you know what? Shit, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is yeah. a heavy lift, man. It's a heavy lift when you're a one woman or or or, or one man show or two, two, you know, a couple. When you have to do everything, it's it's a lot. I have her out in the garage helping me put camper shells on, helping me put jack plates we were, on she helped yeah, me we change the trolling motor the other day i mean so she'll go from answering the phone to a sponsor a potential sponsor out here holding up a trolling motor bracket as i'm drilling it i mean but i think as you've seen us we celebrate together we cry together we we go through tough times together i think that's what made it so meaningful every time you took the stage in a winner's perspective uh and, and 16 when they handed me that trophy i, I couldn't say nothing it, it dated i'm just a weak person just the, the overwhelming feeling of success and knowing that she's been right there with me, you, you just don't know what to say. And that was a yeah. tough season. That was a, that was a special title for you for a lot of reasons. And it, was, it was really cool to see that come together like that. Uh, we've learned so much from that, and we, we talk about that in this industry. Some of the things we've learned is no matter how bad things are, you got to know your spouse or your husband's got your back. Even right. if you're right. They've got your back. They're going to be there through thick and thin. And that's such a valuable lesson. And that's her and I talk about that. I, I said one time I wanted to do a blog on, uh, and I didn't because so many people would probably take it wrong, would be sponsors who, who expect loyalty from the anger, but don't give the loyalty back. 
it's like the loyalty road runs one way. Like you be loyal to me, you work for less money, you do this, you do more, and you've seen it a hundred times. But when push comes to shove, they ain't got Angie's back. Yeah. They're not when Angie's down, say, I'm going to give you a little raise because it's been a tough year. So we've learned that, that that's just corporate America. It's not bad people. No, it's just. That's just big businesses. That's yeah. just how they, so sad because you just have to balance that. Like, if you raised old school, my dad was so like, loyalty is life. You don't do nothing but be loyal. So sometimes I'm like, maybe we're loyal to a fault. I don't know. I don't know if it's a bad thing. I mean, I, I, I would like to get, I would like to get your perspective. You've seen it from every angle, from the angler's angler, the angler's angle. You've been TV production forever. You've been in marketing and sales. You've probably seen more of the industry from top to bottom than, than most people out there. I mean, do you see loyalty going both ways? I do. I, and I mean, I've, I've probably heard a lot of conversations that you guys don't get to hear where I, and especially, gosh, I, I don't know how to say this to make it not sound um, like it's going to sound, but especially with older anglers, I've heard a lot of people say he has been really good to us. And, you know, and we don't, we want to, we want to make sure we take care of him. You know, and y'all probably know some of the, you know, what I'm talking about. You know, um, the the problem is in the, the seems like the bigger the business, the bigger the company, and the bigger the corporation, the more turnover there is, and so it's it's hard to have. You know, we we know people. All of us know people that we've worked with for years, decades, that are at the same company, and we have long established relationships with them. But then you go, you know. I mean, honestly, I'm not afraid to say this one because this is common knowledge, but, uh, you know, we work together with Mountain Dew and the PepsiCo company, they have a corporate policy that they want the people that are on their fast track to, you know, high executive management, they want them to change roles every 18 months. Toyota moves their people, same position. If if you're going to move to the highest level, they train you to a certain one. They move you to a different division. So it's never a, a long-term relationship in the corporate America. Now, smaller companies, bait companies, maybe so. Uh, very few boat companies. But that that corporate America, this switching. And we're seeing it faster more now than ever. But right. it hurts. We Our sponsors are family to us. So we Absolutely. form those relationships with people. And they're like family. So, mm-hmm. you know, you relationship up for a year or two and then all of a sudden they're gone and, and it's you just get the sad. email they just get the email and says, hey, Sorry, we've been moved. Like, well, but no you know we we stay in touch we're just one of those that we we stay in touch with these people i reached out to uh, scott sanders which was uh worked with me at triton forever and i reached out to him the other day just say hello and he's like man what are you doing i said i'm just letting you know you you know i still like old scott i'm with phoenix and wouldn't be any happier in the world but scott was a dear friend of me sure. so katie scallop She's not there anymore, but she calls me the other day, FaceTimes me. She's in the airport in Huntsville. You know, so we we still try to maintain those relationships with those people just because they're friends. But it's interesting. Your perspective is you do probably hear conversations behind closed doors that the anger never hears. You know, hey, this guy's worked his butt off for us. Let's take care of him. And you go the other way that that anglers have served their whole career somewhere, then all of a sudden, a company gets bought out and right. they just like just cut everybody. That's out. it, man. I'm telling you, it's usually not the the person you have the relationship with. It's when it's when they move on or the company gets bought by somebody else and somebody comes in and and really what it is at the end of the day, I think, is new people come in and they've got to try their ideas. 
you know, and it's hard for them to inherit the ideas and the relationships of the people that came before them because they, they've, they've got it. They're trying to prove themselves, you know, they don't want to follow the plan that's been laid. It's like hiring a new uh, high school football coach. He doesn't come in and run the same offense as a coach before him. He puts in a different offense to prove that he's better, so he may move a player around. Uh, for instance, rigid. I mean, they were all inefficient. They hire new guys. All of a sudden, they're into uh, doom racing, and it's just gone, and it's, that's just their vision. And you're like, yeah. yes, sir. Man. We have been the KMC. That, KMC. Um, our wheel sponsor that we had for years. You know, we don't, we don't harbor any – you know, hurt towards them at all. That's just, it's they just said business we're going part of it. So, but yeah, they, they swapped where they were spending their advertising dollars. And that's what you want to try and instill in young anglers. Uh, I, I, I talk a lot with a young angler named Wes Logan and I really think the world of him. He lives there in spring. When I tell him, he reminds me a lot of myself. He's, he's a uh, really, he's versatile in some ways, but not across the board like he wants to be, but he's just an old partner by trade. He's trying a hard way to make it. And I tell him all the time, I said, think, think big picture, think big picture. Just because you have enough sponsors for this year, maybe to pay the bills, never stop thinking because that sponsor can be gone. Okay. I said, if you ever, you ever say, man, I got plenty of sponsors, I'm making plenty of money, or I'm going to be fine, that's when you get in trouble. Always work those relationships. And I tell him, and I said, do shake hands, meet people. When you go to ICAST, I would tell him, hey, get out and hustle, dude. Hustle. Don't never ask for money at ICAST. I said, that's the, that's the kiss of death. Don't ask for anything. It used to be that way, though. ICAST used to be the place to go, you know, to 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 meet. But I right. say, I said to make deals. Yeah, right. I said you want to shake hands, relationships, and this. I said if you have a company that you like and you you have a bait that you really like, go to them and tell meet them. them. Start hey, that. Relationship. I really like your product. I fish it. I believe in it. If you ever need any help in Springville, Alabama, call old West Logan. I, I got you back. That's it. But I said, when you see people walking in booths and handing out resumes, whether it's high school kids or college kids, as soon as they leave, most of the people are throwing out in the garbage. They're trying to book PO orders for the rest of the year to, to be able to fund the marketing budget. Mm-hmm. So it's all action to them. And that's not really hard to say to people without sounding mean. I'm like, that's why they set Tackle Warehouse up by its pro shops here. They bring an angler in like Kevin or, or piling it, and they come in and they're selling the product to Bass Pro or to tackle warehouse because they want to book that PO order. So to me, ICAST is, I tell them, I said, it's a great place to shake hands. And I said, dude, when dinner's over at night, if you're standing by the bar and somebody introduces you to the Plano guy or the lure lock guy, whoever it is, that's when relationships are built right there. That's it. But I said, you can't have that if you're not there. Cause I hear anglers say, I'm not going to ICAST. It's a waste of time. No, no, it's not. It's busy. It's busy as crap for us, <laughs> but it's not a waste of time. No, definitely not. Hey, I'm going to take a quick break here, y'all. We've ta- I think we've talked for half of our allotted time, and we haven't done the first segment yet. <laughs> I knew it was going to be this way. But, uh, but uh, before I go to break, I do want to ask this, because you guys are very open, you know, about your life. You, you're, you're one of my I, – I talk all the time about how anglers, especially aspiring and up-and-coming anglers, need to show us more of their life instead of just the grip and grin pictures with fish and you are the you know you both of y'all are just greatest at doing that but so this question is is kind of tough because you do share so much but what is something about y'all that most people don't know don't share yeah i mean y'all y'all are uh pretty open 
we're pretty transparent with our life, which is very vulnerable too, because some people may not agree with that. Like I, I may show a hunting picture and somebody might not agree with hunting. And, and I just told her though, I said, I don't want to be fake. I, I'm, that's just not who we are. I don't think, I really don't know. A lot of people might not know we have a passion for old hot rod cars. I mean, we, ah. we don't much because the relationship with Toyota being respectful but we both like old, old 66 Camaro, 69 Camaro, whatever you, I mean, we just like old cars and going to drag races. So it's something we don't promote a right. lot. Mm-hmm. But other mm-hmm. than that, we're an open book. We're an open <laughs> book. I, I'm like, it's a little scary because you, I was like, I don't want people. Well, you to- take criticism, but you're going to take criticism. He said something so profound about a year ago. He said, somebody made an ugly comment on social media and, I do much better at that now. Back early on, it really got all over me, and I would be so upset. But um, he's told me, he said, baby, not everybody's going to love me. Not everybody loves Chick-fil-A and Jesus. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah. that, I remind myself of that. That's what I told her. I said, when, but, you, when, you, when you lay your soul or your life out on social media, it's somebody's going to say something negative, no matter how good or how, how – it's just what people do. And I said, you know, there's people on – Facebook don't love Jesus or Chick-fil-A. So what makes you think they're going to love us for everything we do? You just have to know what's coming and stand firm that I don't intentionally try to do anything. Uh, I have an opinion. I try to keep it downplayed so much, but I don't hide the fact that we're very country, redneck, deer hunting, farming people. This is what we do. And we make mistakes. Uh, You know, we're trying to raise, we're trying to help raise grandchildren. We're trying to do our best for our marriage and work, but, we just want to show people that way when you meet somebody, they can say, dude, you're exactly what's on Facebook. Yeah, I ain't going to fake it. I, I would rather be who I am and you dislike me as me to fake it and right. you like me. Right. That's right. I agree 100%. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Do you know what your personal brand is? Because everyone has a personal brand. You may not be intentional about it yet, but all that you say or do or write or post contributes to how others perceive you. And that, my friends, is your personal brand. If you want to develop your brand and mean the things you want it to mean, I have a workbook that will help you get started and it's free. You can download my Developing Your Personal Brand Workbook at www.fishingbusinessschool.com slash brand workbook. We're back on the Fishing Business Podcast with Gerald Swindle and his lovely wife and business manager, Leanne. I mean, Lulu, do you think, do you say, do you think you're a business manager? I tell people jokingly that I just am a jack of all trades, that I wear a lot of different hats. She's right. a therapist. <laughs> well, I tell you one thing that I really always appreciated about Leanne is, you know, there's a lot of uh, very high level professional anglers whose wives manage their careers. And I think it's a, it's a uh, hats off to all of y'all because I know it's hard. And, and as you said in the first segment, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit, I think, uh, challenging because you can't, like you said, you can't get mad at your husband the same as you can get mad at your boss or your, or somebody who works for you. Um, but one thing that I always really respected and, and appreciated about y'all was Leanne has a very good sense of when I need to talk to Gerald. You know, there were some people that no matter how hard you tried to get through the wife to get to her husband, because you really needed to talk to him, it was, it was like a, you know, it was like a, a gate was up and you could not get through to get, but Leanne, there were times when Leanne would say, I, 
you know, it's, I could sense that you knew you needed to take care of that, not him. But there were also times when I would need something from Gerald, I would call you and you would say, let me get him to call you back on that, Angie. And that always was so, was so nice for me because I didn't feel like there was any tension there. I didn't feel like you had any ego about it. You know, it was like some things you can handle, some things he needs to handle, right? Right. And, you know, years ago, we were approached by a marketing agency, would it be? Yeah, Sports agency. They wanted to sign Gerald. They wanted, you know, to work for him. But our reluctancy for that was the fact that sponsors like to deal with Gerald. They like to deal with me. Um, and I, I think for us, a an agency wouldn't work because that I think would happen a lot. I think um, if you were trying to go try to get to Gerald and you're trying to go through an agency, you're probably not going to be able to. Yeah. So that was reasons that we didn't go that route so this is a tough business so like angie i think for you know you 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 do a great job trying to teach the young anglers and the up-and-coming anglers not just young but the rookie anglers maybe 40 who are trying to get their starting career when you talk about having an agent it is a double-edged sword in fishing it is super tricky and there's some guys out there do a great job but the problem with this is you're selling somebody on your fishing skills and your marketing skills and the one-on-one conversation or the handshake and the eye contact so and that important. social skill is how that person can relate to you or get to know you or know, could you sell a lot more blades? Can you sell socks? And I think when you take that person away from that, it's just business. And I, I think some anglers, they think, man, I just like to have an agent. I, I don't know if everybody needs that. I think no. if we're going to sponsor me, you would at least want to know if I could speak in a room. Right. And I could, and I honestly, a lot of people have, a lot of very smart, high level people, several, not a lot, but several high level people have said to me, you should be an agent. But I've always um, resisted that because primarily because most of the really successful guys, um, they built their careers on their one-on-one relationships with these brands. And that's where the that's where the riches are, you know, not money, but that's where the gold is. You know, that's where the value is, is in those relationships. And, um, and I've, you know, I might be able to bring somebody new. I might be able to bring a Mountain Dew to the table, but they're never going to be, probably, they're never going to be the same as those relationships that, you, that you've established and built over the years. Could mold him on how to do it, but at the end of the day, no matter how hard you work with him, you got to turn him loose. And if he can't perform at that pressure with Mountain Dew or whatever it is, it's going to be a little bit bad reflection of you. And the whole time, you're like, if we, that's the hard thing. You can't hardly have an agent without putting both guys together. People right. want an agent to move from it. You could be an agent, but you'd, you'd have blend. to be a special blend where that right. anger was with you. Right. You said, hey, I'm going to call on Carhartt. He got on the plane with you and flew. But, but you know, that to me, the agent, the manager or whatever, that person to facilitate all of that, to go ahead and do the prep work, have everything lined up. And that's a lot of what I do is I'll, you know, I might make that cold call. I might set up, a, you know, a, a quick call. Hey, we've already done our upfront work, but let's get Gerald on, on a 10-minute chat, you know, this afternoon. And let's just, you know, I'll talk about this. So that seems to work good for us. You know, and I hear... I ain't going to say this on Angie, though. So I, I don't know how to sell a sponsorship because I got nothing to offer. Hmm. Okay. Have you ever thought about telling them that? Listen, I'm a new and upcomer and I've got nothing to offer. I don't have a load of resume, but I'll work. I'll work harder than anybody you got. I'll wash boats. I'll cut grass. I said, have you ever tried that? I said, just do it one time. Tell them, hey, I don't have 25 wins like KVD. I might one day, but right now I have time to work for your company. You tell me what you need. 
and I'll do my very best to help you. I said, people are so scared to say what they don't have. I learned this about him, and I did, I'd never heard this story. I learned this recently, that early on, he would go to the Classic or the I'd show. I'd go to the Classic when they're having the boat shows in Birmingham, and I worked for L. Nell Marine, and I didn't have a deal then. I was just so new. I would go to the boat show and help them push the boats in clean the boats, wash the boats, wipe the boats down, run back out of the truck, put my terminators on and come back and stand by the boats and then help them move them back. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a dealer, that dealer to know, hey, this young guy wants to try. And that's what I tell him, be willing to work. Don't No matter if he says, well, I don't really have nothing you can do. Well, I'm going to hang around and you need me to take the trash out anyway. See, <laughs> I'll, sweep you, I'll sweep up after everybody goes home. The pride level, there's too much pride now. People think, well, I, you know, I, I caught a pretty good and in this level of event, I should just get money. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. They have to sell product. Right. And you have to be able So um, do, does it give you an advantage? Does it give a pro an advantage, Gerald, to have a wife or even a mom or someone in your life managing your business? or or Because everybody doesn't have that, right? I, I, think, it's, I think it's most definitely an advantage to, to, to a large level, whether – whether it's just a better mental state of mind, whether it's a better organization or a better uh, foundation for a larger fan base or sponsorship base, the, the having that team player. And, you know, it's, I, I've talked to anglers about this. I said, dude, my wife won't do any of this. None. And, and they, and it's like, it would be a huge help. It's not for everybody, yeah. you know, but you just almost need somebody. This ain't, this ain't the days back when you just used to go fish six tournaments and go home and nobody ever heard from you again. This is a full-time business. Social, YouTube, sponsor videos, requests, making stuff for their social. It's a never-ending 365-day-a-year job. Right. Well, and, you know, I think sometimes people don't understand when Leanne talked earlier about the prep work of getting things in place. You know, even with me, with this podcast, people will say, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I bet that's so fun. You just get on. You just have to talk for an hour a week. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's a lot more than just talking for an hour a week. There's a lot that goes into all the planning and the prep work and the make, making sure everything works right and the scheduled right and all that stuff that it, nobody ever sees. I, I think. I think that we've talked about that a lot. I don't think people see the amount of prep work for just from her standpoint of just, just say January and February. That's when the new boats come in. The wraps have been redesigned. Sponsors are finally finishing up concert, uh, the contracts. It's show season. I'm traveling. The jersey comes back wrong. The set of logos wrong. The boat wrap comes back incorrect. She's this, it's a snowball effect. And then by that time I'm in every airport flying around the country and then as soon as I get home, I'm trying to repack a new boat, load a truck. Nobody ever sees the 16, 18-hour workdays in the garage. They just don't see it. There's a lot of prep work to that launch at the Bassmasters Elite Series when you go idling out. When the fans are clapping, that's that's the best part of it because that means most of the work is done. I have nine hours of competition in front of me. I did the best that I can do. I'm as most prepared as I can be. Let's, let's, let's play ball. And that, that's, that's right. the, the – fishing the tournaments – I tell people, they say, do you get nervous in tournaments? I said, no, most of the time it's my nine hours of private time. It's the most relaxed because all the work has been done. Well, and I don't think, you know, I, I was always really um, fascinated with those six weeks leading up to the Classic, man. I'm telling you what, as you well know, that could be some of the most stressful times of the year because, you know, 
Right. I mean, we've all seen it. And I would get so many phone calls from people saying, you know, I've got to have this logo or my jerseys came back wrong or the brand hasn't told me what to do yet. And, you know, it, just trying to sync up all those things to get them to come together at the right time and have everything ready for the classic, the biggest stage in the sport. It's incredibly stressful. It is, and that's we've talked about it before. And I, I enjoy the spring classic, and it's great for the fans. And I, I see all the positives. The only thing I've ever wished is sometime the classic was in the fall because you're in the boat that you fished out of, the jersey that you fished out of, and you go through the season and you complete that task and you start over. Mm-hmm. But a lot of contracts lay over the next year. So once you start doing boat wraps and jerseys, when you show up at it, and we've showed up at the tournament, got the jersey the night before this tournament started, and it been incorrect. Yeah. Hard to fish that next day knowing the butt chewing coming. Yo, you know yeah. that butt chewing's coming. Yeah. yeah. It's extremely stressful. But when the sponsors trying to get their booths there, they're overwhelmed. I mean, I mean, we all, we all, we've all seen people getting their wrap put on the night before the tournament starts in the classic city. They all put stickers on the stuff, cook it, and they're like, hey, dude, I'm just trying to get it on there, man. I'm just trying That's to get right. Well, and you know, speaking of the classic being in the, um, in the spring, I were, I was in the room when, when that decision was made to move it, and I did understand what you know. There was a lot of discussion. It wasn't a, it wasn't an easy um, it wasn't an even easy decision, and it was there was a because I mean it was drastically changing the sport by moving it. But the one thing that a guy named Mark Quinzel, who was an executive at ESPN, what he said, and that, and that was at a time when ESPN owned the sport, had just bought it, had just bought Bass. But what he said, and it made a lot of sense, was he said, "You mean to tell me that the biggest." event we own that everybody gets excited about that all the eyes are watching that everybody is aware of we we build up all this incredible momentum and then we go dark for four months and nobody hears from us for four months and I was like yeah I mean you know that's the way the Super Bowl is right but we're not the NFL and uh, he was a guy who had brought NASCAR along. He had been, Quinzel had been very uh, involved in ESPN's relationship with NASCAR, where they built NASCAR. And that's what they did. They had their big Daytona 500 at the beginning of the season so they could take that momentum into the next events and, and, get, and really leverage it and get more out of it. You see the business side of why, why it's done the way it is, because it, it has a lot of positive things from Selfish anger standpoint, you're just like, I wish we fished it in October. <laughs> right. And started, right. But I say, I do see it. And, and the classic is getting bigger and bigger. Birmingham last year was packed house, I think, in Texas this year would be good. And I mean, overall, you, look what the coronavirus has done to fishing. More people bought license. I see more people on the water. I oh, think yeah. fish is going to continue to grow. Yeah. Grow at a very rapid pace. I think more young anglers try to get involved in it. Well, okay, so going back, Leanne, what, um, what's the most surprising thing you learned? Because I know you had a business, you had a background in banking, I think, didn't you, before you, before you became a business manager? So what's the most surprising thing you found in the business of fishing? The most surprising? Ooh. That's a good one. Hmm. <laughs> Think about that. The most, hey, let's put it this way. The most surprising thing you can actually share with the public. Yeah, that's true. A lot of things going through my head. Uh, I think one of the surprises we had was like uh, 
is early on when I started doing Facebook, I was intrigued by it because I didn't know anything about it. And I probably stayed on it too much trying to learn it. And she was kind of against it. She I was really like, was. She kind of I was against me. it because it was so time consuming. And, yeah. and I, I just kind of stayed at it. I said, hey, I got to learn how to do this. She's like, you can't even use a computer. I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And then four to five or six years later, she looked at me one day. And she said, I am so glad you didn't listen and you did Facebook. But she said, who would have ever dreamed that Facebook social following Instagram would have, Instagram would have so much Twitter, to do with an right. career. It was almost like it was a surprise to her. She's like, this is the piece of the puzzle that we never seen coming. That's going to be a huge piece. You know, it was like, that's, a, that's, that's I'm going to take his answer. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that, that I, I never, I was totally against it. I never thought it would take off. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm older, so I'm, MySpace was probably the first social, mm-hmm. but I never would have thought that face or social media would play such a role, especially with sponsors. I mean, mm-hmm. like our, you know, over the years, one contract would, they would start building in social media requirements. And now you don't get a contract without social media requirements. So that is extremely surprising to me, but I am glad that he didn't listen to me because that would have been bad. You know, fishing used to be the tournaments, uh, the ESPN TV show that you guys produced, what we've seen on TV. I could, you know, it was Jerry at the, at the mic state guys, Anders, that was fishing. That's all you had. And now you got Facebook and YouTube and Instagram where fishing never stops. You're right. relevant, you know, and that's the hard part about the grasp at first. You're like, how is this going to, she would be like, how is that going to help you in fishing? And I'm like, I don't know. We're just going to learn it. And, we go back and we're going like surprising is a huge part of every angler's uh, career. And some of the guys that sit and said they fought it, didn't want to do it. They're regretting it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I can see, definitely see that. Um, if a new guy for a new people starting out a new guy and his wife, um, how would you advise them to approach their social media presence? I would say my first thing would be, don't be afraid to be honest. Uh, and, you know, if you're from a small town in Idaho, don't be afraid to say it. You know, if you don't, if you're not rolling with a gold American Express card in your pocket, don't be afraid to say it. You know, I don't have the endless funds, so I'm going to do this. I think, I think by doing that, you create the people out there can relate to you. There's somebody driving a backhoe working for the city of Gunnersville that can relate to your position that they didn't have all the money. He likes to fish. He becomes a fan for life. He's, he don't just like your page because of one good post. Right. He became an instant fan of Brandon and Polly. Mm-hmm. So I think don't be afraid to tell your story, be proud of who you are and, and, and share the ups and downs. Don't just share all the ups, you know? Um, I think people that follow you, fans, followers, they see through that. I think so. I, okay. I, you, I mean, we think sometimes like the fans say too. I tell you somebody who I think like right now, Leanne and I, we get really tickled. Jesse Wiggins and his uh, girlfriend or fiance, whatever, Haley, they just had a baby and Jesse has a decent social media following, but his fiance, uh, baby mama, Haley <laughs> is the best you've ever seen on social media. She ain't even trying. She could have her own TV show. She's and she amazing. ain't even trying. And uh-huh. I tell her my how easy it is. She's just being her. She ain't being silly. I said that sometimes it just comes across of that. I, 
I think being consistent with social media, trying to stay on it, trying to keep uh, content coming, uh, try not to do s- too much of the same stuff over and over, you know, keep it fresh so people know. If you post the same type content like you said, talked about earlier, over and over and over, the fans know when it comes up what's going to be there. So it's almost like you kind of got to keep them guessing, you know, and that's... You definitely keep them guessing. Listen, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm sitting here editing this and I realize as I'm putting the graphics on it and getting ready to upload it to the podcast app into YouTube, I realize it's too long. Uh, Gerald and I and Leanne and I just talked about too many things to, and I don't want to cut anything out. So I'm going to make a two-parter out of this. So what I usually do is have one complete and concise conversation in one episode, but this time I'm going to split it in two. I think it's worth it to hear, to hear all the things that Gerald and Leanne have to say, because uh, Gerald does keep them guessing, but Leanne keeps him on track. And that's what we'll talk about next week on the Fishing Business Podcast. All right, guys, I'm still going to close it out the way Jerry McKinnis always closed out his shows by saying this is dedicated to dad because he always had time to take me fishing. See you next time, y'all.